Listen, it can be tough to transition from student to professional nurse, which is why I want to tell you about HCA Healthcare's Nurse Residency Program. This program supports new grad nursing students at the early stages of their careers. HCA Healthcare's year-long Nurse Residency Program helps first-year nurses transition from the classroom to working in the field with confidence. Plus, nursing residents get access to a range of opportunities to learn from specialists in various areas such as ER, critical care, and surgical services, as well as a variety of other great employment benefits. Learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. HCA Healthcare is an equal opportunity employer. Now onto the episode. Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self-discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming podcast. It's Amanda Guarneri. I'm so happy to have you here today. And this episode, we're doing something a little bit different, and I am the person being interviewed. I recently was a part of a summit interview panel with Dr. Lauren DeRoy, and we talked all about business and my journey as an entrepreneur and advice to those who are thinking about starting a business or starting a side hustle. And it was such a fun conversation. And I know that this podcast is usually me talking to you about career-related things, you know, finding, landing, loving jobs. That's kind of the name of the game around here. But I wanted to present this to you as just an opportunity for you to learn from me in a different way and hear what's possible for you if you are interested in going down this path of entrepreneurship or exploring alternative ways to use your skills. So what you will hear today is an audio recording from something that was a video live presentation. So I've trimmed it up so that it will make most sense for an audio podcast. And I hope that you enjoy it and that it's helpful for you. And you know, I'm going to be sprinkling in some more content about my journey as a business owner and entrepreneur because I get a lot of questions about it. And I know that if I don't share this with you, you may not know that it is a possibility for you. So hopefully through me sharing my experience, it can inspire you and encourage you and help you come up with uh, an idea if you're if you're looking for one. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. All right, guys, we are going to switch it up a little bit. We have on here the Resume RX. Hello. (laughs) Your resume. She is an amazing entrepreneur. Like, 
awesome. How long have you been? How long have you been an entrepreneur? Tell us your story, your background, all of those things, what you do, who you help. Um, sure. She's going to blow you away. She's going to blow you away. I'm so excited. Hey, everyone. I'm Amanda Guarneri. I am the founder of the Resume RX. I'm very honored to be here tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Uh, so my story, I'm a nurse practitioner. I've been an NP since 2011. And for the past three years, I've been in business for myself. Three years ago, I kind of accidentally founded the Resume RX, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit more. So yeah, I've been working for the past three years on this business, helping other nurses and nurse practitioners find, land, and love their dream jobs. So specifically what that looks like is I have, I put out content across a whole bunch of different platforms to really provide education to help nurses step up their professional game so that you can feel well-equipped to brag about yourself for your next job or your interview or promotions, negotiations, et cetera. And I specifically do that through my free content and as well as as my paid products. I have resume templates for purchase on my website. I have some programs to help you with interview prep and negotiations, that type of thing, as well as a membership program for nurse practitioners called the NP Society. And that's where the love the job part happens. So the, the Resume RX branch is find the job and land the job. And then the NP Society is where I help you learn to love the job. And that's really just a community of other NPs and NP students so that we can connect with one another and know that we are not alone. We can go through things together. So that's kind of my business journey in a nutshell. Awesome. And it is an awesome society, guys. I'm a part of it and do love her. She's she's an amazing supporter. So definitely something you want to look into for sure. Okay. So what does made you decide to, you said you accidentally, I'm going to pry a little bit. You accidentally yeah. jumped into the entrepreneurship and tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what, what happened for that, for that to happen for you? Sure. Sure. So uh, about three years ago, I had recently gone part-time at work. I have twins who are now five, but they were a lot younger. And uh, after going part-time, I kind of had this extra time on my hands where I thought, oh, I wonder if there's a business or something I could do on the side for extra income so I don't have to worry about picking up extra shifts at work. And I kind of dabbled in a couple things freelance writing and blogging. And ultimately I was in a Facebook group one day, one of the big NP Facebook groups that we're all familiar with, I'm sure. And I saw someone asking for help with their resume and they wanted some feedback about layout or how they should word something. And that was always something that came really naturally to me to the point where I didn't realize it was such a struggle for mm -hmm. others. So I jumped in in the comments and I was like, oh, you could do this, this mm -hmm. and this. I shared a photo of my resume and like the comments just blew up. They were like, oh my gosh, where did you learn to do this? This is so wonderful. And they, there were all these follow-up questions. And I kind of had this light bulb moment of, oh, this is something that people struggle with. I wonder if it's something that they would also pay for, right? Because that's really when you're trying to ideate a business, you know, you have a business when you have an idea that people will pay for, right? Otherwise yeah. you just have a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> True. so yeah. I started writing some resumes for, well, I wrote some resumes for some colleagues for free in exchange for testimonials, and then put my services out there to see if it would take mm -hmm. off. And, and sure enough, it did. So my business started with me actually writing the resumes for other people. But as I got going, I was designing all these different resumes and I was having fun playing around with the layouts. And I decided, well, why don't I 
also make some templates for sale in case there are folks who either can't afford a custom service or would prefer to write it themselves and just want a nice outfit for their resume. So that was how the templates were born. And soon enough, I realized that I much rather have that type of product available for sale that could reach many more people that you know wasn't a t wasn't tied to my time and then it freed up my time to put out more free content to run classes to focus on social media and collaborations and interviews like this so that's really how my business model works is i don't work one-on-one -on -one with hardly anybody at this point but rather have some products that people can enroll in or um, that you can interact with my free content and I can reach a ton of people that way. Absolutely. So stopping trading time for money, right? Yes. And being able to spend that time with family, which is yes. awesome. One thing that I love about, this is actually a little bit of a contrast in what we've been seeing and hearing and talking about. And I think it's an awesome point to bring up is that we were talking in the last couple of days about sometimes your hard is what brings you like what you what you struggle with and you have to work through and figure out is like you're hard and that's what you find that you have an answer and a passion for for other people that's how my business started was going through my hard and then having to figure it out either like do or die and then finding that other people need that help so then i helped them have that breakthrough like i did you however found yours by realizing that this is really natural for me almost Definitely. to the point that you almost overlooked it. So sure. I think that is an awesome thing for somebody starting out to think about whenever they are, you know, what is it that I have? I think leaning in your heart is, is sometimes the answer, but just leaning into what you're good at. Totally. And that's, that is definitely something that we do recommend people do is, you know, ask others, what am I good at? They may not know, but, and thankfully you recognize, but you were listening to one thing that it definitely mimics what everyone else, Success Leaves Clues guys and all these successful entrepreneurs started by listening to those around them and finding out that need in that little, that little short area, right? So there's, there's tons of other nurse practitioner entrepreneurs, nurse entrepreneurs, but she had that one area that helped other people, which is so awesome. Yeah, it was so definitely you, experience of like leaning into my gifts as opposed yeah. to something that was was a struggle. And I think that's a really good point to make, you know, for future entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs yeah. is to write, not just look at the things that you struggled with that you overcame, yeah. but trying to really get the perspective of what am I good at? And it can be really hard, right? Like there's that saying that you can't read the label from inside the jar. Like when you're too close to things, it's really hard yes. to recognize what your, yeah. what your actual excellent gifts are. That is so, so true. you know, if you're really self-aware, you can hopefully figure it out or otherwise, hopefully you'll stumble into it by accident. Like I did. I love that. Now I want to pry on a, on a, on a question, a little or pry on a question. I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of buzz, and I know this is not something that you are going to be shy to, but there's a lot of buzz right now about nurse practitioner market saturation. Yes, there is a lot yes, of buzz. <laughs> there is a lot of buzz. What, um, what advice do you have for that or your thoughts on it? So I personally find that like perpetuating that thought or that belief that the market is oversaturated is damaging to your job search. And regardless of, you know, regardless of 
what the truth is. And I'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, a, a really great point here is that you can't always believe everything that you think because the things that you think can be really damaging to your outcome. And there are definitely areas that have more competition, that have more NPs than other areas. But statistically, nationwide, Bureau of Labor Statistics does not support that we have a truly oversaturated profession. So I like to go back to kind of what's true, right? So oversaturated, that's not actually uh, a circumstance or an objective statement, right? That's an opinion or a subjective mm -hmm. statement. So it's really helpful to go back and say, okay, what's what's the actual true circumstance here? And what I find is that those who really get caught up in this and really mm -hmm. struggle with it are usually having trouble with their job search strategy. There's usually a hole in that bucket somewhere. So mm -hmm. usually like coming to the conversation initially, there's a lot of defense, right? Like, well, why else haven't I found a job? The market's definitely oversaturated. I know this person, this person, this person, no one can find jobs, et cetera. And so I encourage you if this is, if this is you, if you're in it or you've heard this, like take a step back and think, okay, well, what am I doing? If, if there's any truth in the fact that there are more nurse practitioners than jobs in my area, well, what do I need to do to overcome that barrier, mm -hmm. right? What am I going to do differently? How am I going to diversify my job search strategy? You know, if I know that tons of people are applying for jobs that are posted online, well, maybe I'm going to do something differently and try to find a job that isn't posted yet because I know there's a lot of competition in my area. So I could talk for hours on this, on this topic, but I think like the take home point here is that make sure you examine what your job search strategy is. Mm -hmm. And if your job search strategy is just to say, I'm never going to find a job, the market's oversaturated, then that's self-sabotaging behavior. Mm -hmm. And I would challenge you, you know, I would challenge whether you actually want to find an NP job if that's, if that's your only yeah. approach. So yeah, lots of things to say about it. I don't buy into it. Uh, and in fact, I do a lot of teaching and education to try to reframe your thinking so that you don't weaponize your, your job search by mm -hmm. believing this thought. I love that because it's kind of like putting on, you can put on a negative. I do a lot of mindset and, and cognitive therapy and stuff with people. And it's whatever filter you put on is what you're going to see. Totally. And if you look through the world with rosy glasses, you're going to see everything being rosy. And if you don't, you look at it through a negative filter, just like when we put filters up on Instagram and that kind of stuff, that's how everything's going to appear. That's what you're going to see. That's what your reality is going to be. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. And guys, oh, one thing I wanted to, you dropped a pearl for people that I am going to hone in on because whenever you started your business, you said you, you gave out free stuff, you were just helping people. And then once they got those transformations, you got those testimonials. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty important part of starting a business. Absolutely. It? Social proof Absolutely. is just, I would say that that's one of the biggest factors that's really helped me um, is is building authority. So coming on podcasts, guest blogging, guest posting, whatever it is, uh, and then collecting testimonials and, and having yeah. people give honest feedback and then broadcasting those so that other people who might be thinking about working with me or learning from me kind of have that have that proof. Like I personally, I 
when I shop on Amazon, I am 100% a review based shopper, right? Like if something has yeah. less than four yeah. stars, awesome. I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to buy the thing that has yeah. the most stars, the, you know, the highest number of reviews. I'm going to read the reviews and that's how I make my decision. And when that information is, is available, then it makes it easier for your perspective, you know, client or, or customer. And so as a new business owner, that's, I think the best way to help, uh, help with that hurdle for your, for your people. Yeah, no, I think so too. I absolutely agree with that. Hey friend, if you are thinking about applying for jobs in the near future, you know, you need to get your resume and cover letter ready to go. That's why I created a totally free guide for you. It's called the resume and cover letter starter guide. This includes word for word scripts for cover letters, as well as your resume's professional summary section so that you can get started off on the right foot. To get the free guide, go to theresumerx.com slash guide. Again, that's theresumerx.com slash guide. Cheers to your new refreshed resume. So in your society, what would you say is, what is maybe one of the biggest things that you see people needing that community around? Hmm. I think that most people want to know that what they're going through is normal. They want to feel validated about their experience because I find that a lot of NPs tend to lack in the area of community and connection in their actual role at work. Many of them are the only NP in their practice or maybe one of a handful, which is a pretty stark contrast to how most of us worked as nurses. Many of us were in a, a department with lots of nurses, lots of opportunity for, you know, mm -hmm. break room chat and after shift chat and, you know, connection in that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that the role transition, first of all, is is very difficult for many new NPs. And then beyond that role transition, just in kind of everyday practice, knowing, hey, is is this normal? And I'm not necessarily talking about clinical stuff, but like, hey, you know, is this a normal thing to be included in my contract? Or is it okay for me to renegotiate at my evaluation? Or my collaborator said this thing to me, you know, should I, did I take it the right way or the wrong way? So it's like kind of these things outside of the actual clinical guidelines and the medical care that I find most of our members really yeah. get the value out of, out of their membership. No, I think that that is, I think it's totally valid. And I actually just either today or yesterday, I was speaking with somebody and that's what they said is that they're, they're thinking like they would, they went in from being nurse to nurse practitioner. I thought, did I completely mess up? Because now I have all the school loans. I kind of have to go forward with this, but I miss my people. I miss my people. I miss being that. And I think we all go through that where it's, yeah. There is just almost nothing more solid than being on some sort of unit with other nurses in the trenches together mm -hmm. and being bedside and having that community is, is so big. Totally. So I love that the society offers that because I agree with you that, that we, we, a lot of us lose that as we become, as we become nurses. Yeah. And Absolutely. I feel like the other like the more traditional professional organizations are great advocates for our profession as a whole, and they provide tons of continuing ed credits, right? But are you necessarily finding your people in your, yeah. you know, whatever association membership, like they're not really built that way. And mm -hmm. 
that was really, you know, community is one of, community and connection are two of my core values. So it was, you know, it was an obvious thing for me that when I had this idea, it was going to be community centric, like the, the benefit, one of the benefits, but the main benefit of this NP society is, is being in community and connecting with yeah. the other members. You know, it's not the type of thing where you're going to get a new course on hypertension or diabetes guidelines once a month. That's not really, that's not really what we're, what we're after. Yeah. Well, and we got that, right. We can, we kind of got a lot of that in school and everything. So right. what was, oh, bringing it back to entrepreneurship. I've been wanting to ask everybody. So you kind of fell into starting your business. What would you say, if any, did you have any, any limitations where you thought I can't do this or I shouldn't do this or, you know, did you think that and there may have not been doing anybody doing what you do exactly whenever you started? So that maybe not wasn't an issue. Maybe it was, but share that journey. Like if you had any limiting beliefs that you that you didn't think you could do it whenever you first started. And obviously you can because you're massively successful at it. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I would say that, you know, overall I have decent self-confidence and decent self-esteem when it comes to business. But like anybody, I've I've certainly had hurdles and a lot of it for me comes around to, you know, when I put something new out there, you know, I kind of always have this fear, like, is anybody going to enroll in this? Do people like this? Is this going to be a huge flop yeah. or a huge success? So that's kind of the, the chatter that's, that's in my head. And, and actually one of the reasons I didn't, I've actually not shared this, but one of the reasons why I stopped doing custom resumes, there was a couple reasons. One being, it was just such a tremendous demand on, on my time. But I had a few clients who for one reason or another, I mean, out of hundreds, having a few people not happy is, is yeah. not uncommon, yeah. but it was, yeah. I don't know. I took it so personally. It was so devastating yeah. to me. And I think it's because I'm a people pleaser that sometimes like I would get emails and just, I don't know if you ever get an email or a message and you just assume that it's someone writing a hate letter to you. <laughs> but that's how, that's how I felt. Like every time I would get an email from a client or a customer, I would just be like, this is it. I, you know, this business is over. This person is going to take to the streets to just like smear my name and they're just <laughs> so unhappy. So um, it's it's funny because, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, my thoughts are very positive and 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 I was very confident, but but that type of that type of thing was really limiting to me. The other thing that I even still struggle with is determining the pricing of my offers. And mm -hmm. I think I have some limiting beliefs about, you know, what people can pay or what they should pay that are you know, that influence how I feel about what my worth is for my, for my services. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that, I don't know if you've observed this, but nursing in academia, for example, like people don't get paid to present at conferences or present as guest speakers. Pretty much everyone's just kind of doing it for the benefit of CV building or portfolio building. So that's been kind of a, a challenge and it's kind of like leaked into whether or not I should charge for something. Like I'm speaking at an Ivy League university in a couple months on a topic that they couldn't speak on. So they asked me to speak. Should I get paid for that? Like it's these types of decisions that now are the most, are the most limiting as I, as I move forward. Yeah. 
No, I, I think that that is a really great point because a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, a lot of people that I that I've worked with, they say, well, I have a real huge passion about this. And I, but I just don't think I don't know if anyone would pay for it. And I think we've all felt that way. And the biggest thing is that just like we were talking about before. So we, we've talked about the same thing. Success leaves clues, guys. And if you are helping somebody in a journey, shortening that time for them, just like in your resume building and helping them, saving them that huge amount of stress for not having to worry about spending months. I've seen people spend years trying to find another job or their first job or whatever it is, saving that stress, that time, that, that pressure hanging on them and being able to also get them faster into an, a higher income, which means you save them money by them investing with you, they'll invest in that. And it's the same thing for, if you're helping somebody avoid a pain, then it is 100% worthy and worth of you of you charging for that. I've struggled with that myself too. I used to give away tons, and I still give out tons of free stuff, but uh, because I, I like to, but I struggled whenever I first started charging and then I had, for me personally, and I, I would love to hear kind of what you are making that transition on in your mindset. For me personally, I had to start thinking about, but this is time away from my family. And this is something that if I can give back to my family and it gives, it gives us more freedom in other ways, then that seems fair to me. And I think as women, maybe I shouldn't be gender biased in that, but I think that we tend to do that because we're givers and that's kind of how, uh, what, what we kind of naturally do. Totally. And I'm gonna check on the comments really fast and make sure, cause I have been looking at them for a minute. Okay, good. But yeah, will they buy? That's that's a huge question for so many people. Will they, will they even buy? And I always say one and it's on. If I'm changing one life, then it's on, it's go, we're going for it, you know? And just looking at it for, from that perspective. But I love that. I love I love that you, you shared that vulnerably with us because that's something that a lot of people really that they really struggle with. Mm -hmm. What would you say has been your, what has been the most freeing thing for you or the most liberating? What is your favorite thing about your business and what you do? Mm, that's a great question. I would say, so, so I don't work clinically right now. I don't say anymore because I'm not mm -hmm. sure that that's correct, but um, yeah. the pandemic kind of forced me out of work for, a multitude of reasons. I had a small infant and three-year-olds whose daycare shut down. And, and prior to that, I did not have the guts to step away from my clinical work. I knew deep down that the business that I had was kind of teetering on, you know, great growth. And that yeah. if I had full-time opportunity to dedicate to it, that it would, that it would soar. And I just didn't, I wasn't able to, to take the leap. So in a way, the fact that the pandemic gave me this gift of being able to work on my business full time. It was incredibly liberating. And, and granted that comes with a, like a whole dose of privilege, right? Like I, I was able to rely on savings and I have a spouse who earns a healthy income. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a big risk. So I, you know, I'll be yeah. the first to admit that, but I would say my favorite part about the business is that it allows me to be creative and stretch my brain mm -hmm. in amazing ways that yeah. I didn't get to do before. You know, it's yeah. a different type of brain exercise to be thinking about, you know, 
content development and and strategy and marketing and all these other ways that I get to be my own boss and call the shots. Like I get to yeah. decide everything. And that is so wonderful because I get to take a chance on myself every single day. So I would say that yeah. that's probably my, my favorite part. And I know that it's like mm -hmm. super cheesy, but, but I kind of like, I, I know that I have to get a clinical job again at some point to maintain my credential and certification. Mm -hmm. But at this point, it's not something that I need to go back to full or even part-time. And I'm, I'm coming to terms with that. I'm getting more comfortable saying that out loud because I judge myself a lot for, for the fact that I haven't been working since, since the pandemic. So I'm, oh. I'm trying to like lean into the, lean into the good things, right? Like look through those rosy glasses as opposed to yeah. the negative filter. Yeah. But no, and that's, and oh, I, I love that you shared that vulnerability also there, it, but it's so, it's so inspiring to so many that you do have that and that you can literally move through life how it feels natural for you. Like when you were talking about, I quoted you, take a chance on myself every day. Love that. That is so beautiful. And I don't know, do you do this? Like last night I was totally wiped out tired. I was definitely coming down with being sick. I felt horrible last night. I feel great today. Thank the <laughs> Lord. But I felt horrible last night. And I still just, as soon as I laid down, I thought, oh, I have all these things, and all these ideas that pop in my head I need to do. And I'm like picking up my phone and giving myself a note, putting it back down. I'm telling Garrett about my husband. I'm talking to him about it. Do you do that also where it's just like your brain just starts going wild? And we were talking about with some of the other entrepreneurs that it's like, yeah, that is never going to turn off if you're that person that it's just always, you know, the thoughts are always coming to you and always building, then that's not going to go away. Like you're almost just going to implode if you don't do something about it. And yeah. I feel like part of that is is a calling for us to, to do something like that. And you're so right that we get to take a chance on ourselves every day. Oh, there was something else really awesome that I loved um, that you mentioned. And I wish I could remember what it, what it was that I that you said, because I was like, oh, I love that too. The fear, uh, what was it? Oh, I can't remember. It left me. I was too enthralled. <laughs> I was too enthralled. I didn't, I didn't take a good enough note on that one. That is so great though. The last thing I want to ask you for right now, and guys, if you have any other questions, drop them down in the chat. What would you say are the biggest things for you. So whenever you decided to go for it and you were going all in, what have been the biggest things for you and for somebody else who's starting or deciding to go for it, whatever it is, what are, we all call them needle movers. What are the needle movers in your business that are kind of, I, I hate to say non-negotiables because that was that's an MLM term that I learned. <laughs> and I'm no longer MLM, that's where I started. That's right, that's right. And I'm not anti-MLM. Um, it's just not where where I want to be. Um, I like the like you were saying, like being able to just bet on yourself and think of new things. And oh, whenever you're talking about that, that made me think of how you can literally just think up of different ways to bring income for your family, whereas you can't do that as an employer. It's right. you know you can work more hours, but you can't sit there and be like, oh, I could build this and this, and then I could build this and I can help people with this and then build like different streams of income. And it's, it's fun. It's liberating. And you get to take a chance on yourself every day. I'm going to use that for the rest of my life. I love it. <laughs> um, but what would you say in your business are the biggest needle movers for you? Sure. So when I first started, the biggest needle movers were 
collaborations, which were very informal to start. Like I remember having, mm -hmm. I had a little series on my Instagram called nurse takeovers and I invited, you know, nurse personalities or people who had larger followings than me to take over my stories for the day. And they were in different specialties and it was very mutually beneficial, right? Like they came and they got exposure on my platform mm -hmm. and, and they'd also say, hey, come over to the Resume RX. I'm going to be on their stories for the day. So it got me a lot of followers and hmm. a lot of traction in social media. So that was the first thing when I first started. And the second thing, which has been a constant throughout my whole business, is my email list. My email list is is probably like one of my most valuable assets. I've mm -hmm. emailed my list religiously every Tuesday night since July 2018, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, like without missing a beat. And so those two definitely big um, needle movers. Once I started, uh, once I had, you know, some validated products and had some steady revenue, two other things that I started doing that were big needle movers were affiliate program. I started an affiliate program for my products so that yeah. mm -hmm. other folks can promote my products and we can share the income. So that has been a huge needle mover for me that's yeah. responsible for 33% of my business transactions are affiliate transactions. And uh, starting two years ago or so, I started paid advertising. So Facebook and Instagram ads, which I wouldn't recommend for anyone who's, you know, making probably less than, you know, five to $10,000 a month organically. But once I got to that threshold, the paid ads really helped amplify what was working. Yeah, yeah. And you do you have to wait on you have to wait on conversions and make sure you have to have something because it's not converting organically, which means for for anyone who's starting out and not familiar with that organic is just like the people that you're building a relationship with and that are coming to you to your social media platform. It's not through paid, not through paid ads. If you're if you're not converting well with your warm market and you're in your organic, then you're not going to convert an ad. Right. It's so funny because I mean, I thought that at first, too. And thankfully, I pulled back before my business was actually ready. Uh, but, but I almost jumped because I thought, oh, cool. Now that I have the money, I can just start putting this in ads and it's just going to start. It's just going to start rolling. Or whenever I start talking about evergreen, people always think, oh, so you're running ads. Nope. <laughs> and I don't recommend that you start mm -hmm. them either if you, haven't, if you haven't even started yet. Right. Because you do. And it, it is a totally different ball game. Totally mm -hmm. different ball game. Amanda, again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this kind of unique presentation here of me being interviewed. I hope that it was helpful to you and that it gave you a little bit of a glimpse inside of my life as a business owner and gave you some inspiration on what might be next for you or in your future. And if this is something that you want to hear more about or you have questions, please get in touch with me. I love creating content that I know you want to learn. So go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram at the resume RX, or you can screenshot this episode, tag me in it, whatever feels good to you. But connect with me. I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear what other questions you have. And uh, until next time, I will catch you next week. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find 
find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.